This is the Epilogue Audio Experience. Designer and jeweler Rupa Vora began her journey in the late 90s when she accidentally stumbled upon an image of Theva. Theva is a 400-year-old dyeing art form of gold created on glass, practiced by the royal artisans and today a designer trademark. It was love at first sight for Rupa Vora. She was so enamored by the art form that she began researching Theva with a passion. She visited the artisans in remote villages, studied the history and slowly revived and restructured the art form to suit contemporary times. Every designer has a story. So does Rupa Vora. I welcome you all to the world of Rupa Vora or should I say to the world of Theva. Rupa, I'm very intrigued by your bio data which says that you stumbled upon your passion. Mm-hmm. So what was your background earlier before you started doing this designing what was your life as a child what was your home background well i was born and brought up in chandigarh mm-hmm. uh, lived a regular life in chandigarh went to the you know the usual convent school all of that grew up and then at uh, age 18 was engaged to my husband mm-hmm. and uh, by 20 i was married and uh, we were uh, you know off to wherever he was at that point of time and uh, that took me to cyprus because that's where he was and uh, that's where my journey started mm-hmm. um journey uh, you know cyprus like a lot of uh, uh, orthodox church countries uh, you know spain or russia or italy or you know cyprus being one of them uh, mm-hmm. has a lot of has a lot of glass and gold influence you know so you'll see mm-hmm. that the two mediums will merge so that kind of got my interest on a separate level I used to of course dabble with textiles I you know I used to do you know in homes and interiors and stuff like that uh, my mm-hmm. background of course is commerce which has nothing to do with what I uh, was I think in, uh, naturally inclined to was basically design mm-hmm. and uh, so then uh, I started dabbling that's when we had our daughter and you know so like typical expats wife you know you don't mm-hmm. you're not really working plus i had a little baby so i would just you know go work in a factory part time learn how these mediums are sort of fused together mm-hmm. and uh, one of the trips back home because my interest was in you know primarily at that time textiles mm-hmm. i picked up a book by the national museum of india a coffee table book and i'm just flipping through it and at the end of the book was these two three images you know one was a punkhi one was like a panda and itradani Mm. and uh, very indian looking because it had the hathi ghoda it had the peacock but the mediums were what i was uh, you know learning to work with like that's glass and gold together so that mm. kind of got my interest and uh, i said you know that's so strange we have something like this here uh, somewhere it 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 existed mm. uh, but of course you know that's also around the time when we were looking at moving back to india So I started, you know, researching. I I found pieces in the Victoria and Albert Museum. I found pieces at the Kuwait Museum. You know, so things there were things somewhere. You know, pieces were lying somewhere. Um, but when I started researching in India, I went to the Rajasthan Emporium. I went to you know various places. I asked some people. Nobody could really tell me where this place was or where this art form was pr- practiced. Hmm. So I think using my father-in-law's influence. you know the army has its reaches we kind of figured out that there was some place in uh, rajasthan where somewhere one family practiced this art form 
so that's where the journey started i went there i spoke to them uh, so what and i phone called it was called theva hmm. so it's the fusion of 23 karat gold work on glass and uh, in my mind it was the most beautiful thing i had ever set my eyes on and i think so it was one minute when you say glass means what glass piece is this so over the years bhavna it's you know we've developed a lot of different kinds of glass because like i said i had that background because i'd worked with glass in in cyprus so i would hmm. create my own shades of glass but initially it used to be just regular glass that they would use like a red glass or a white you know like a regular regular glass red color or a blue color or these were the traditional colors okay uh, um of course i mean as i got involved with it i experimented because i was taking the art form i wanted to take it to the world and mm. red red blue and green are typically indian colors mm. but if i wanted to sell it to a european you know they probably were a little apprehensive about the starkness of the color so you know i experimented i came up with the baby pinks and the pistachio greens and the butter yellows you know so like that i mean i mm. experimented and of course that's how things developed later on but mm. uh, yeah this was the initial journey okay and uh, once you came back home and you went to rajasthan and you got to know about this Theva, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. T H B A. T H E W A. W A. Then what happened? Because you were into fabrics and you were into textiles and you were into uh, architecture, and then how did the jewelry bug bite you? So when I first interacted with uh, you know the the artisans, there was just a handful of them left. Um, the art form also had kind of you know. De- sort of depleted to a very pedestrian sort of level i uh, then um, you know interacted with them and said you know let's see how we can move this further so what they were stuck in was they were stuck in the old raja maharaja's way you know ki acha dibiya banayi aur raja sahab ke paas le gaye and then you know he would give them a bag full of coins and that would take them through and then they would you know go back with at their own leisure produce another piece maybe 6 months maybe a year down the road and then go back to you know whoever the raja sahab was you know so that was their mm-hmm. patronage mm-hmm. and, and yeah so you know that was that was that that was their mindset also ki hum raj soni hain we work like this we work at our own pace we work you know so they had their own um ideas about it uh, mm-hmm. so for a, for a to be break into that mindset because when i spoke to them i said let me see what you can do so all they had was dibias you know mm-hmm. uh, now if i want to revive this art form how many dibias can i sell you know and this mm-hmm. we are talking early 1990s you know like 93 95 you know that kind of time so you know i mean somebody will buy one dibby two dibby and then you know that's the end of it you know where's the market how do i so if i wanted to revive this art form which nobody knew and heard of Uh, on a larger scale um what is going to keep in these dibia like elaichi or something elaichi ha choti si you know little pill boxes basically mm-hmm. and uh, so you know i was like i said you know what to do so what if i tried to tell them that okay let's do something different they were a bit close to it mm. so what uh, you know also and then they wanted to work at their own pace so what i did was um Uh, a friend of my husband said you know why don't you exhibit at the one of the exhibitions that was happening the society exhibition which mm-hmm. used to be a very very big affair at that point of time so he mm. got me a slot i said but i don't have the inventory he says you figure it out so uh, what i did was i just picked up whatever pill boxes these guys had i displayed like three four pill boxes i took uh, the lids off the pill box and i you know restructured it to become like a pendant upar ka you know like took the dhakkan off mm-hmm. and so made them into pendants ah 
you know so i improvised uh-huh. yeah immediate improvisation was that so um that's where i started i exhibited at the society exhibition which was a roaring success i you know i was like getting orders people were reaching out the media was very very uh, supportive you know got written about all over the place so you know the awareness started building whatever uh, played you invested in it yourself yes everything okay. everything yeah i used to do stained glass paintings and i remember we had just moved back to india and i had an exhibition so i had 8000 rupees to spare and that mm-hmm. was my initial investment into theva that's how i started okay yeah 8000 rupees mm mm-hmm. 19 i'd say 95 97 yeah around okay. then yeah and today the turnover god knows is what we'll leave that to you know we'll just forget <laughs> okay then yeah. yeah no so that was it it just started from there and then you know it was of course a struggle trying to because at, at that point of time the jewelry industry was only by you know driven by men so mm-hmm. even if i was at an exhibition there would be a reset kidar hai so you know for them to be able to, and then of course uh, breaking the mold of people wanting to buy jewelry in the form of diamonds or gold you know that was all that people knew in terms of jewelry and here i was trying to sell them this glass and gold combination uh, you know completely different looking product nobody had seen or heard of it you know so that kind of thing hmm so there was a bit of a struggle there but it it kind of picked up because uh, you know the pieces we put forward were really beautiful so that the response was there to the to the product hmm one invented you know made inventions and you know innovated and uh, so you know that kind of kept the the freshness of the of the product going and and created a larger base i did not hesitate to travel um i remember i had a little 5 6 year old child and i would you know travel on the weekend so that when my husband could stay at home and i'd go and have you know have an exhibition and be back by sunday night so that you know he can be working monday to friday you know that kind of thing Hmm. so um i mean i would be at an exhibition every 10 15 days uh, that was the level of exposure uh, that i was trying to create and i did not hmm. hesitate it could be in any part of the country uh, hmm. so I, so i think you know that created the market which i wanted to create for the product it created the awareness because unless people see it touch and feel you know experience the product so uh, that's how we grew the whole thing and that's that's how my journey into jewelry started So uh how did you graduate from that dibbies and the lockets to these fabulous uh, jewelry and dangling earrings and all the other things that come with it So I think uh, you know what do they say that uh, the mother of in- of of need ne- is the mother necessity. of in- necessity uh, necessity is the mother of invention so I think that was how it was because I had made a commitment to you know reviving the art form and as i went along you know people asked for different things and i kept you know trying to bring to them whatever their requirement was and i think somewhere uh, bhavna i think there was an inherent uh, you know they say god gifts everybody with something so i mm. think this was my special gift design was my special is my special gift so i was able to put stuff together in a most unusual manner um and uh, you know so it was like you know one grew strength to strength from there and did not i didn't hesitate to you know um experiment i think that's probably been my strongest point i don't hesitate to experiment just because it doesn't seem to be something that's been done before uh it doesn't i i doesn't deter me i'm i'm happy to try it you know so that kind of thing so yeah few things come out of your conversation uh, one is that uh, you are dabbling in something that was unheard of at that time mm-hmm. uh, and uh, preserving the heritage of uh, right 
you know the country and the culture yeah. and the second is that it's a woman uh, venturing into a man's world mhm very true so you know in those days in the 90s and the early 2000 uh, promotion was not such a big thing marketing was not such a big thing as it is no. today yeah today you can sell a safety pin and call it a gold safety pin and people will buy it right so right. at that time uh, how did you display your jewelry were you wearing it for all the parties or evenings you went out with your husband last you or how so this was what i did i would you know exhibitions was becoming the order of the day at that point of time so you know people would organize exhibitions you take a stall you would exhibit so that like what i told you a couple of minutes yeah. ago was the thing that i uh did uh, a lot of exhibitions i mean literally i remember one day i'd landed uh, you know from one exhibition to another and then went back to chandigarh to see my dad and mm-hmm. i happened to be sitting and i looked at my feet and my feet were like twice their size i said shit what happened because i'd been you know traveling so much i'd been on my feet so much um mm-hmm. you know also because the innovation required me to start now finishing the pieces myself because you know the carriers were not being able to handle the finishes so i would finish all the pieces so i'd like you know literally go through 200 pieces of hammering them in the night you know so all that was kind of adding up um uh, you know to basically basically get the reach of to to as many people as possible so the exhibitions was actually bringing in the awareness that i required and plus the media was was i think very uh helpful you know very mm. contributory because they would uh, you know anywhere that i went they would pick up the story they would write about it they would feature it you know so i think that went a long way uh you know in creating the awareness um it, this is very interesting when you say that you were in the night hammering the pieces yourself nobody would ever think that a designer would be a hands on person you know mm-hmm. no totally hands on because uh, i wanted certain finishes and uh, i would take the rothewa pieces i'd get the you know the casing done at another place and then i'd put it all together myself and then i'd have you know these patwas sitting with me so then the stringing was done in a certain manner so yeah it was um i mean i, I was part of the process uh another thing that comes to uh front is uh, you know uh, the kind of uh, um, creativity you're involved in um, makes you interact with all kinds of people starting with those uh, carigars uh, at the grassroots level Mm-hmm. uh then uh slowly uh moving on to your marketers then the people who organize the exhibitions and of course your um diva clients today made up of so many film stars mm-hmm. so you're dealing with people from different strata cultures status right and it's always a first person account because mm. they can't be talking to somebody else and getting things done no 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 how do you shift your gears i i think life taught me as i went along because you know when i started off i was a 20 something mm. uh, and then you know 25 years later i think life teaches you as you go along you know mm-hmm. you you don't um, i i think i just gave myself up to the process so if it brought me this i took it in if it brought me meeting with you know the carigars i dealt with them at their level mm. uh, i think it was just the acceptance of uh, and 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 giving myself up to the process because i in my head i was very clear i have dedicated myself to the revival of the you know a dying art form and i will go to whatever length it requires me to uh, you know to whatever is the inputs that are required from me i uh, you know i will do it 
so uh, if it meant that i have to talk to different people approach different people i mean i did not hesitate like once i kind of understood that uh, you know i need to create awareness so if i need to reach out i would reach out to people who i did not know from anywhere or i'd ask a friend say you know somebody can you connect me to so and so you know so it, it just came naturally i would say bhavna i i mm-hmm. didn't really have to do much shifting of gears okay so i just gave myself up the pro- to the process yeah how did the show business and the dream merchants come into your shop and your life uh i think it's you know when 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 the Product. media you know once the media started writing about it people started reaching out. and also i think friends friends were really contributory because this friend of mine who was in us in the us mm. um spoke to me one day and she says i'm visiting and i'm bringing another friend over so i said yeah come over and uh, that time i used to work out of home and mm. uh, so you know they wanted this because i'd spoken about a very special piece that lies at the victoria and albert museum it's mm. the 10 avatars of vishnu the dash avatar So, wow yeah it's a beautiful piece so i you know i had spoken of replicating that piece and she so this friend brings another friend in and she says you know you spoke about it we'd like to replicate that piece i'd like one each for both of us huh. but uh, i said well, it will take a little time so she says yeah but uh, one piece we'd like you to have ready before you know a specific date so i said mm-hmm. okay one i'll try the second one will take a little time so I you know delivered the piece she introduced me to the friend and I was like okay I delivered the piece and then next thing I know I'm watching the film fair awards and uh, Pinky Roshan's wearing that piece wow yeah so I was introduced to Pinky by another friend you know so you know that's where that's how you know one thing led to another there were other people who reached out so that's like um, friends have been very instrumental in introducing me because I mean I was an outsider I don't belong to Bombay so yeah so you know yeah so you know i've seen a lot of actresses wearing your stuff on the red carpet events um, some of them in movies also true uh, have you customized jewelry for any film yes way back uh, i don't I, i can't remember the year but it started with actually you know when the television serials started uh, becoming the order of the day Yeah. So um I think Sudha Chandran was the big thing at that point of time. So I can't remember the name of that serial but we did all the whole the entire jewelry for that serial. But that that kind of brought us a lot of awareness. Then more serials approached us so we did that. Mm-hmm. Tanuja Chandra's movie with Mahima Chaudhary, we did that. Mm-hmm. I mean it that's the, these were the first two you know first to start off and then it just led from one to the other. We would get approached uh you know because mm-hmm. once you get seen in one space then you know you you automatically get approached by people. Mm-hmm. um you know to customize to maybe you know and it you know the movies was a bit of a challenge because at that point nobody did uh, the thing so you know it required continuity so we learned these new words we yeah. learned that that the, <laughs> <laughs> so all of that you know we we realized suddenly the jewelry is gone for 8 months and we we not going to see the you know day of it we're not going to see the face of it but but we learned you know we learned and we then we adapted and uh, yeah it, it it was interesting So from functioning from home mm-hmm. you have this glamorous uh, studio uh, which you cannot miss when you are driving past Juhu because right. it's an artistic uh, outlet outside you know the way it looks you can make out that it's somebody very creative inside right and jaise mithai wale ki dukan mein itni zyada mithai hoti hai ki usko mithai khane ko dil nahi karta hai to aapko jewelry pehnne ko man karta hai ki nahi karta hai bilkul bhi nahi 
<laughs> I often, I often get told, you know, to you were talking about wearing wearing jewelry to events. I I actually land up at events and then or or you know in the evening I'm getting ready for an event and I I'm like oh crap I didn't bring any jewelry, so hmm. it, it happens a lot because you know then may when when you're putting the pieces together you know you're going through trials so you're wearing the piece like about so many times in a day to figure out is it sitting right is the angle you know are the stones looking okay. is the is the clip in the right place is it comfortable you know so you go through that so many times in a day that you just completely when it's your turn you completely forget but mm-hmm. i think uh, slowly over a period of time i've kind of uh, i'm a rings person so that's something that stays on my hand and i don't have to really you know i mean i'll change it from time to time but mm-hmm. uh, very standard uh, pieces which uh, i think that that thing applies mithai wale ki mithai nahi khas but and i i i forget i'm that so many times people will tell me you know you you do such big you know such beautiful jewelry etc but how come we don't see it on you so i guess mm-hmm. that's uh, that's the that's the explanation okay and uh, you started with uh, these um, textiles and also stained uh, glass stained glass paintings yeah have yeah. uh, you completely dropped them or do they still exist in your life textiles is something that has been part of my life right through so i do a lot of block printing when whenever i get time uh, but i do it for friends my other passion is shawls coming from the north i have this massive obsession of collecting shawls and uh, i think slowly it's going to turn it's turning into my next new passion and and a business so uh, you know the kashmiri pashminas with these really old uh, jamewar embroideries which which are which are again a dying uh, space you know so that's that's something that that i think occupies a lot of my 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 mind space hmm yeah so but i don't do stained glass so much anymore yeah that's just don't have the time for it trying to just finish the pieces and i think that takes a lot of energy to finish to do so yeah stained glass is not something that happens anymore so is your daughter also inclined to what you do Yes it's been an interesting journey for her uh, also Bhavna Mitali uh, you know graduated from the Dhirubhai Ambani school went uh, to the US to study filmmaking and uh, studied direction uh, came back worked with a production company for 2 3 years and uh, I think about 5 years back she decided she wants to travel with me Mm-hmm. and uh, i think within the first first or second travel she started giving me idea she says you know mom you've been doing it this way why don't you do it that way i said listen i do it this way you figure it out your way mm-hmm. so she started a line of her own and uh, you know lo and behold we, you know this whole fashion jewelry angle came into our our life which we again it was interesting because i had i learned so much Mm-hmm. and uh from fashion jewelry she went and then she of course did a course at GIA so she's a you know certified uh, diamond tear and uh, she's now doing you know what what i feel the millennials probably you know react to so she's got in that little fresh element while i'm old world she has this whole new world thing so mm-hmm. she's you know she's now developed an identity of her own and uh, has her own store and you know so yeah all that is happening for her that's wonderful because you know if she was not inclined it would be worrying factor that what's going to happen and how is this heritage going to be preserved true true yeah and she loves teva so that's the other interesting thing so though she has these you know fresh new ideas but she she loves the old old uh, old world stuff okay so the last question is you know that this fabulous um, jewelry that you create uh they are so beautiful and they are also extremely expensive and they cater to the rich and the famous 
So what happens to middle class people who have taste and who have a hankering for this kind of a thing? Where do they go if they cannot so, so yeah so you know that's uh, that's probably a misconception because our pieces will start at uh, you know just a specific rupa vora piece would probably even start at 10000 uh, hmm. which in today's day and age is not 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 so you know humongous on the price uh, mm-hmm. What we did was we, you know, because like, for instance, um, I mean, I'm going to take a couple of minutes here to explain the process. Uh, mm-hmm. Teva, Teva is the fusion of 23 karat gold on glass. Now, mm-hmm. once that piece is made, um, there's a casing that holds the piece. We, when we started out initially, we would make that casing with silver and then we would get gold plated. So that kept the price very, very nominal. I mean, I remember my first pendant which I used to sell was for 1700, 2300. You know, three thousand, uh, which was which was a very easy price point for everybody. You know, mm. um, g- mm. given of course, you know, what gold and silver prices were at that point of time. Not that that has any relevance because there's a large part of it is workmanship, cost of workmanship. But mm. uh, uh, so you know, so we've we've done the, we've done innovations to keep the price points um, fairly within reach of everybody. Yes, what has happened is because of experimentation and my love for you know the extravagance. I do large pieces, uh, which which are pricey. Um, mm. But the, having said that, it's not to say that you know there are pieces which somebody cannot today buy at a forty fifty thousand. You can buy a nice pair of earrings, uh, you know, which would uh, be specifically recognized as a rupa vora piece. Wow. Yeah. So I think that those who are interested in buying uh, something that they can afford, they can just drive down to Juhu, look for yes. her beautiful shop and yeah. buy that jewelry yes <laughs> thank you so much yes thank you for tuning in if you have liked this episode do comment do rate on apple podcasts subscribe on your favorite podcast app like apple podcast google podcast hubhopper castbox spotify geosavan so that you get notified when we come next stay tuned for the next episode with yet another guest and until then take great care of yourself.